Welcome to the Prodigal and the Priest podcast, a podcast about faith, sports, and two friends from different cultures. Here are your hosts, Joey Scansella and Father Paul Bechter. Hello, everybody. What's up? March the 10th. We're coming to you not live, but this was recorded live in person. Yeah, at one point. And uh, we got a big shout out this weekend from our pastor in his homily, <laughs> who was like, because <laughs> we do a practice here at St. Anne's, which is like, hey, check out our Sabbath guide and there's different practices and there's different things to do. And one was encouraging, you know, being more intentional with going to the mass and, you know, just your intentionality behind the mass. And he was told, hey, you know your parochial vicar and your youth minister do this little thing <laughs> called Prodigal and the Priest, and they do a series on the Mass, which is way too long. So you might want to give it a shout-out. So we got a shout-out. It was pretty cool. Yeah. So to our thousands of listeners who are now tuning in for the Mass part, I don't even know what part we're on. Uh, six? six? It feels like six. feels like six. Yes, it is six. It is six. So we're on Mass part six. Let's jump in right away because we're hoping... To wrap this up, no longer than eight, but more eight. like seven, maybe. We'll pray about it. So last time we left you right up to the Holy Holy. Yes. And yeah. now we're at the Holy Holy, Holy Holy Lord God of hosts, mm-hmm. right? Change from back in the day um, when when the new mass Lord translation. Lord God of armies was what it was before. <laughs> well, That's what hosts means. There you go. Um <laughs> What was I it just, before? I don't remember. Uh, Lord God of... Holy, holy, holy... Lord God Almighty? Heaven and earth. So it was like, holy, 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 Lord God of power, God of... Oh, yeah, God Something of power like, and might. Yeah, that's there right. it was. I was like, I had that's, to go back to an old throwback. tune when I was like a kid hearing it on the <laughs> organ. <laughs> anyway. I know okay. that one. We're jumping in. Holy, holy. Um... You were like, oh my gosh, we got to stop here. This is too big of a it's thing. It's too big. It's just too can't. big. <laughs> so, you know, I yeah. just <laughs> tried to go, <laughs> I tried to go for the trumpet. <laughs> so, there we go. Holy, holy, hit it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, it's big, but maybe I made a little too much of it last week, or, or maybe I didn't. Um, so, the thoughts going through my mind when I was like, oh yeah, holy, holy, holy. So, this, you mark a transition from the liturgy of the word to the liturgy of the Eucharist by singing this like angelic hymn, which mm. is kind of a big deal. Um, it comes from Isaiah chapter six. It's pretty cool. So in Isaiah chapter six, it says, I saw the Lord sitting upon the throne high and lifted up and his train filled the temple and above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings two he covered his face. So you've got this vision of the Lord that Isaiah has, mm-hmm. and he not only sees the Lord in heaven, which is already <laughs> like pretty big deal. That's like, a big deal. Like Moses was like, if I look upon your face, I'll die. So I'll look <laughs> like it's a pretty big deal. Exactly. Um, but he sees this seraphim angel, and it's hard to know. I uh, was a Hebrew. Yeah, it's hard to know exactly how many he's looking at. I think. Um, yeah, I should have looked that up beforehand. Anyway. Um, but he's looking at a multitude. But yeah, it, 
covering the face. Yeah, there's a bunch. Yeah. So, and with all their wings and stuff, they're covering their face, shielding it from the glory of the Lord. And they're singing this song. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Or, just because I did bring the Hebrew here, what are they saying? Kadosh, 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 Adonai tzevaot, melochol haaretz kvodo. It's pretty good. So That's what I was going to say. Yeah. It's a... <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's just a cool thing, um, that like, as we prepare to celebrate these sacred mysteries, which is always what we say in the penitential, right? Mm -hmm. Like we do this thing where we sing this angelic song, praising Mm -hmm. the glory of the Lord, which we're about to behold in, uh, the sacrifice of the mass in the Eucharistic prayer and the consecration and everything. So that's good stuff. Also, I wanted to say that the um, I had a funny thing when I went to Israel for the first time, or for the first time that I could read Hebrew. I forget exactly which time, but um, because when you're going through the airport, there's this long sort of passageway at one point. It's mm-hmm. it's sloped. There's a sort of walking, moving walkway thing. Yeah. Um, and there's this big sign at the end, which you can see clearly all the way from the back. That says, Beruchim uh, Habaim, blessed are they who are coming. And mm-hmm. uh, that's how you say welcome in modern Hebrew. Baruch huh. Haba, uh, uh, welcome, or blessed is he who comes. And that's the second half of the Holy Holy. That's awesome. The so, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna right. in the highest. That's the second half. Um, and there's ties there to obviously Jesus on the donkey processing exactly. in Palm, Palm Sunday, Sunday, all of that. So yeah, um, so it's a Hebrew idiom that means welcome, but it's it's not just you know welcome, but blessed are they who who are arriving, who are coming. Right. And even musically, when you look at old musical settings of this, the um, the sanctus, that's the Latin word for holy, right? So that first half that begins with holy, holy, holy is called mm-hmm. the sanctus. And the blessed is he who comes is called the benedictus. And so those two parts, sanctus and benedictus, were actually separated musically. Right. There's a whole history there that I actually don't know that well. I just <laughs> have heard it done musically right. where where they're like two separate things. And the benedictus comes in kind of later. Right. Um, so Awesome. So that's a thing. Um, and then from the Holy Holy, we kneel, we kneel, right? Because we're starting now. Let's just get this a little cleared up. Okay. All Cause right. this kind of annoys let's me. Do it. Fine. How is it more reverent to stay standing than to sit down? If you're like, say you, you've had a, are you, are you serious? I could hear you blowing on your coffee <laughs> in really the mic. Yes. Tea. Okay. Oh, tea. Okay. <laughs> So somebody, I'll just, I'll just give them, (laughs) I'll give them the pass, right? That they have a bad knee. They have, you know, something that inhibits them from kneeling. Totally fine. I'm not objecting to any of that. Sure. How is it though that it doesn't, (laughs) it just looks weird when you have some people that stay standing. Wouldn't it be more reverent to kind of sit down and like bow your head than stand? Give me, I see what you're saying. You're looking for like some, some uniformity, right? You want a closer posture. Yeah, I think they should terrible. lay prostrate on the ground. <laughs> I mean, let's, let's go for it. Sure. I don't care. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Don't. 
do that unless you want to. But right. Dom's um, already under the pew, yeah. so it's <laughs> That's fine. Right. He's paving the way. He's ready. He's trendsetter. reaching for some Cheerios. I don't know how long they've been there under the pew, and I'm like, this is a bad thing. This is going to come back to yeah, bite us. Yeah, y'all didn't even bring Cheerios. He brought corn. No, yeah. We, <laughs> no, we bring no food, but he seems to find oh, he's right. like, hey, Dad, I found a Cheerio. I'm like, okay, give it to me, and he in the mouth. Anyway, mm. but yeah. does that not bother you? I mean, uh, I shouldn't put you on the spot. I'm not going to make you uh, no, no, look no. bad Actually, with the people, but um, <laughs> it bothers me, I could never. the uniformity. Um, it used to bother me until mm. I went to Europe where all bets are off. Like, it's just chaos. Everything, there, there's no uniformity at all. The and, entire mess. Yeah, for everything. Yeah. And I'll explain a little bit, bit in a minute. But if we go back to something we said in a previous episode about, like, the meaning of the postures, or at least a possible reading of the postures. Right. Um, we said that kneeling is for adoration and worship. Standing is for praise. Uh, sitting is for preparation. Mm. Then it's like, okay, if we're going to be really strict about that, and those are just sort of our readings. There's, it's not like the church is like, this is absolutely and only what sitting can mean. Right. Um, but if we are, I, I think it's not a bad reading of the posture. So like, if we're going with that, then like sitting isn't really, the best thing yeah um during that time i feel like uh, it's just closer to yeah no they look they look closer <laughs> look closer with so, like a, a bowed head <laughs> so <laughs> there's like what about sitting with a bowed head that that's got to get you somewhere a little bit closer that, that gets you somewhere i guess but um so i think historically and outside the united states like when we look at that it starts making more sense um so I know that, let's first go to the East. We had uh, Jack McCafferty on a while ago for mm-hmm. our, our Byzantine edition of Prodigal right. the Priest and Me. It was awesome. If you haven't listened, you should definitely go and check that out. Yeah. We hope to do that again sometime. Yeah. Um, and we could ask him, because I have a sense that in general, you don't really kneel a whole lot in in the Eastern liturgy. Mm. Standing is a thing. Oh, really? Um. But I don't know all the specifics of that, and so I'm going to leave it with that. Yeah. Um, I also know that in Europe, you, and actually the rest of the world, you stand much more than you stand in the United States. Historically, the USA and Ireland had a special indult to kneel more, uh, because we like kneeling. Um, Love kneeling. And I really like, like, I, yeah, I, I want to, like, you know, yeah. fall on my knees and adore the Lord. That seems to me mm-hmm. to be the most appropriate thing. But for others, I think this is kind of an Eastern thing as well. Like kneeling is penance or penitential posture mm. more than it is adoration. And so there's Got that it. thing going on. But, but like, okay. But like here, we kneel from the holy, holy, holy until the great amen. Until the great amen. And then after the Anus Day, the Lamb of God, we kneel again. Right. Um, in Rome, which makes sense, though, to your point, a points of adoration where you're consecrating the host, you're raising it up, adoration, right. and then also on, I'm sure it has a, some, some fancy wor- word or thing, but when you elevate the host and the chalice be, be, before um, we say, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should enter under my roof, you know, like another moment of adoration there. Right. It makes sense that we're kneeling. Right, it makes sense. Um, but in Rome, they... I'm pretty sure they only kneel uh, from the sort of epiclesis or when the priest, we'll, we'll talk about that later, this part where the priest puts his hands together over mm-hmm. the, 
the offerings and calls down the Holy Spirit. They kneel from that point, which is actually where deacons kneel as well, right? You've right. noticed that? Yeah, they don't so, start with everybody else. Yeah, so they, better they, than us. they kneel at that point. <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But joking, not joking. I don't know. Um, so they kneel from that point until right after the consecration is over, mm-hmm. like with the memorial acclamation. Right. And then they stand back up. Everybody's yes. standing for the rest of the Eucharistic prayer all the way through until the end. I don't think they kneel at the Lamb of God either. And so, like, we have some historical permissions here, yeah. which has created or fostered a culture that I think is good right. of devotion through kneeling during these different parts of the Mass. But it's not always the same elsewhere. Okay. It's also, I know I'm getting oh. bogged down. We're going to be I, a I thousand sh- episodes. I shouldn't now. have. I shouldn't have. I, I, <laughs> I led you astray but, like a sheep to the slaughter. <laughs> but also the, uh, the historical practice in the extraordinary form um, is to kneel for um, a very, very large amount of the mass. Mm. Um, like you stand for certain things, you sit for certain things, but right. but you're basically kneeling as a default. And I think that's a really good thing too. But that would it would feel weird if all of a sudden we were like, hey, everybody, kneel at these times. We wouldn't be used to it. Right. Um, uh, there was one final. <laughs> Let move on. Right, move on. Okay, so on. we've done the holy, holy. We kneel down. This is uh this is your jam here. This is what you were. <laughs> w- w- this is what you were made for. This is what you were ordained for. So yeah. take it away. Yeah. So the Eucharistic prayer, it's something. This by by calling it my jam, uh, Joey is is getting at the fact that this is uh, a prayer that the ordained priest says uh, by himself. Um, this is, yeah, you're you're right to say this is what I was ordained for because because like. Being ordained uh, to be able to act in persona Christi Capitis, in the person of Christ the head, um, when performing these sacraments, like this is this is when uh, it becomes more clear that the priest is speaking in the person of Christ. Yeah. Um, so the Eucharistic prayer, there are, man, there's a lot of history to go into there, but I'm going to try and do a 40,000 foot view. Um Let's go 60,000, just knowing <laughs> okay. you. Okay. Currently, there are four Eucharistic prayers that you will find in use um, in parishes. Mm. Uh, people barely ever say Eucharistic prayer four. It's worth looking up because the theology is quite beautiful, mm. but it's the longest of them all, right. and it's so unfamiliar sounding that actually when they used it at seminary one time, one time I can remember it being used at seminary, we were all like, is this guy just making stuff up? Like, You're like, is this valid? <laughs> so, so there's four Eucharistic prayers. Uh, a lot of parishes will hear almost exclusively Eucharistic prayer two, mm. which is the shortest one, which has that line about the dewfall. Right. Um, it's extremely short. <laughs> I like uh, how you're like, oh, somebody's like, oh, yeah, I remember. But now that you say it, I'm like, like the dewfall. Yeah, like yeah, it's exactly. like I, it, that, that's it, like the line at it, the beginning. It comes back, which um, which I do have to say as I, I don't mean this in any anti-reverence statement. But as a parent with young kids who is trying like during that moment to teach our kids like, reverence towards you know what is happening on the altar and trying to focus at times 
when I hear Eucharistic prayer one or a different one, I'm like, all right, let's like, let's, let's buckle up, put on the big boy (laughs) shoes because (laughs) uh, this is going to be a little bit longer kids, you know? So there is the perspective that, you know, we're wanting our kids to be able to, you know, really tune in. And so there is times that I want people to be like, Joey's not, you know, holy, or at least them think it more than they already think, (laughs) you know, but, um, there, there's times of appreciation for parents with young kids of Eucharistic prayer too. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> so, no, go ahead. parents with young kids are like, I've gotten to know so many of y'all over the past two years here. We have so many young families here mm-hmm. in this parish. Um, like y'all have this particular cross where mm. like um, it's just, you're never really going to be able to focus at mass until the kids like grow up. Yeah, Like that's just, that's just, how I look at it. Yeah. And I'm so glad that you bring them to mass and that they're singing these choirs of the angels. <laughs> <laughs> they're just screaming. Yeah. Like I, I really feel, feel for parents cause I know that they can get very self-conscious and all that. And that would take right. us into a whole nother topic, like yeah. hospitality towards uh, families with young children. Yeah. But um, we'll do that some other time, but yeah, so, I derailed us, but there's Eucharistic. So prayers. you hear, yeah. Uh, number one is called the Roman Canon. Uh, that is the oldest one in use in Rome. Sometimes you'll hear that two is the oldest one in use in Rome. Um, but the scholarship is very much out on that. Mm. Um, so just quick summary because it is worthwhile. Yeah. Uh, I've heard people say, I prefer Eucharistic prayer too because of its antiquity and its brevity. And what they're saying is that there's something called the apostolic tradition, this document that for a long time was attributed to Pope St. Hippolytus mm. as early Pope of Rome. Pope of Rome, um, and uh, like it looks sort of like Eucharistic Prayer Two. It was the basis for what later became Eucharistic Prayer Two Got after it. the Second Vatican Council. Um, I say the scholarship's out because the current scholarship on that is not that it was actually written by Pope Saint Hippolytus, but that it is a Syrian document, so something belonging to the Antiochene Church, right. Antioch, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked with with Jack about the um, yep about the the apostolic roots of right. the Church of Antioch and mm-hmm. different things like that um, and like even you know it's it's founded by Peter and Paul was very active in there and so like Rome yeah. uh, which is founded on the blood of the two martyrs Peter and Paul mm-hmm. um, like Antioch is you know it's extremely important in the history of Christianity it has extremely old. Um, uh, Christian tradition from the very beginning. That's where they were first called Christians. Right. Um, so it's old, but for us as Roman Catholics or or Latin, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Latin Rite Catholics, we do put a special importance on what was done in the early days in Rome, and so that was the argument for Eucharistic prayer too, taking such prominence um, that like this is this was done very, very early in Rome, and now that's not the case. It looks right. like actually the structure of this is an Eastern anaphora, mm-hmm. and that's something we can get into a little bit later because it's the same structure as Eucharist, Eucharistic Prayer 3. Right. Um, so anyway, you you find large chunks of number one, the Roman canon, quoted by people like St. Ambrose, who mm. are later than the apostolic tradition, that document, yep. where Eucharistic Prayer 2 in this protoform is contained. But also not that late. Right. You know, like fifth century, fourth century. Yeah. Whenever he lived. Um, yeah. So 
pretty early, and we know that that was in use in Rome. So, so I, I understand that uh, when you are used to something that takes about two and a half minutes, and you go to something that takes more like five, yeah. like it feels like a lot, right? Um, but one thing that uh, I would love to do, and that I try and do sometimes here, is especially for daily masses where people are there, sort of because they want to be, yeah, <laughs> and. Um, I try and use Eucharist Part 1 often to sort of rehabituate our our sensibility. Yeah. Uh, Eucharist Part 2 is so short that it's done in like the blink of an eye. And there's actually scholarship about that apostolic tradition document that it's speculative, but, you know, historical scholarship like that is always kind of speculative. Right. Um, that this may have been more of an outline than actually something that was in use in the liturgy. And that's right. that's not the case for our current Eucharistic prayer, too. Right. Like, the church has the authority to say which Eucharistic prayers will do and to tweak them and to do all sorts of stuff like that. Um, but it's just, it's very short. And so for me, it feels disproportionate mm-hmm. to the amount of time spent on other things at the Mass when this really is like the pinnacle yeah. of the Mass. Because what happens in the Mass is that we bring ourselves and all of our struggles and burdens and everything to offer, and we right. offer it to the Lord. And so we're preparing for that as we hear the liturgy of the word. Whoa. And then we, <laughs> we offer it at the offertory, mm-hmm. and then we receive back like this transfigured, <laughs> um, this transubstantiated offering of like, our gift is the body of Christ. We make of ourselves a living um, offering to the Lord. And then we receive back like the living offering of Jesus Christ himself uh, in the Eucharist. And so like to have this part be very short, uh, just it feels disproportionate right. when it's like it takes you as long to sing the Gloria yeah. as it would. To say. So I, I agree with you so, on that. And <clears throat> I will say another funny perspective of a parent is I love the time that I pay extra attention to Eucharistic prayer. One is when Nikki's pregnant because I hear all the names and I'm like, what do we ever do? <laughs> Sixus, you know, like, Sixus, yeah. <laughs> I'm Linus, like Cletus, Lewis, Clement. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> you gotta go Cletus, man. Cletus Scansella. No, <laughs> No. Anyway, but I was just, I appreciate it as a parent's perspective for that. I'm like, Um, bring, bring back the old, you know? So so. it's, it's a, and and that brings up a good point. That's actually when I started to use your Christian prayer one more here was when I realized that like, even in some of the, some of the, the classes and things Mm -hmm. where like, I thought we would have had a, a more of a baseline knowledge. Yeah. Um, I realized that like there's very few Catholics that can name the apostles. Oh yeah. Um, and so like if you hear Eucharistic prayer one a lot, you can kind of just do it off the top of your head. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a good thing, and mm-hmm. that's actually why it's called the Roman Canon. Canon means list. It's a Greek word that gets taken up into Latin. Mm-hmm. Has to do with a reed. It's something straight that you can measure stuff against, but it also just means a list. And so this list of the early Roman martyrs um, that brackets on either side uh, of the consecration, um, like it, it gives a really beautiful symmetry. Right. And 
just a a callback both to the earliest days of our faith and to the current reality of the communion of saints surrounding us and joining in this this heavenly liturgy which meets earth yeah. when earth meets heaven and all that yeah um, this uh wondrous exchange that happens in yeah. in the liturgy so you have different different parts of these different eucharistic prayers just one more note on that yeah um so eucharistic prayer three is another thing that sort of came out of the post-conciliar days after vatican ii with the with the revision and reformation of the liturgy right um eucharistic prayer three is basically the contents of eucharistic prayer one taken and then dropped into this uh sort of eastern anaphora style um, and so what I mean by that is like there's sort of these this this form formulaic uh, structure almost where like it begins with you calling upon the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. um, with the this with the epiclesis this epicle- epicletic gesture which I which, which means I, to call upon right which I have a Greek. little something here from the USCCB Ooh, okay. that I would like to read about the epiclesis it just to yeah. me I love this this Perfect language time. the epiclesis in which by means of particular invocations the church implores the power of the Holy Spirit that the gifts offered by human hands be consecrated that is become Christ's body and blood and that the unblood unblemished sacrificial victim to be consumed in communion, maybe for the salvation of those who will partake of it. Boom. Solid. Solid. Yeah. And just is. another way we forget the power of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, I'm I'm big on that. The Holy Spirit's like the forgotten God. Okay. <laughs> I mean, person, we said, The forgotten person yeah, 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 of yeah. the Holy Trinity. But, you know, it's... Not tritheists. Right. Yes. Got it. <laughs> God, the Holy Spirit. And so... Um, <laughs> We have these, we remember him at confirmation, mm-hmm. and then it's like, okay, that was nice. Yeah, you know, see so, you next Pentecost. Exactly. <laughs> if people even remember Pentecost, you know? So I just I just love that. <laughs> what? It's so hot. What, what is, is happening so hot? across from me? If you are not, please ch- <laughs> go to our YouTube channel and just see Father Paul. He tried to put water in his tea to make it cooler. And then he was like, I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to take a drink of it. And then he like kind of spit it out. I have no idea what is happening across from me. I'm trying to talk about the power today of, of the Holy Spirit. It's right so there in let's front just, of me. <laughs> let's move on. So you do the epiclesis. Yeah. And, and all of this, let's just lay it down. We could probably do a five-part series just on the Eucharistic prayer. So we're trying yeah. to. We're actually going to really. finish that today. Yeah. Yes. yes. So wrap it up. Okay. Boom. So you have the this in in the structure of Eucharistic prayer two and three mm-hmm. in particular. Um, three is what I always use on Sundays uh, here at Saint Anne because uh, I think people are more used to it. Um, yeah, um, but it's it's longer than two. And right. that's there are some directions in the missile for when things are appropriate to use and stuff. It says one mm-hmm. is always appropriate, but especially on these like really big feasts where it's got special parts to it, mm-hmm. uh, like at Easter and during the Easter octave and Christmas right. and those things. Um, okay, so you have this epicletic gesture, which interestingly, yeah, we're never gonna finish this. Um, which interestingly, <laughs> uh, that gesture 
So we always put that together with calling down the Holy Spirit. Um, but when you look at... And like, what Father Paul's doing, if you're not watching, yeah, sorry, you can't see. the priest, and make note of it in your head next time yeah. you go to Mass, when the priest, he stretches out his hands and literally puts them over the gifts, over the offering. Right. So for us, we see that and we think calling down the Holy Spirit, epicletic, um, calling upon. Um, but in uh, some previous, it, like historically, um, in both the Latin tradition anyway, and in uh, early Judaism, like even mm. the days of the high priest and stuff like that in yeah. Judaism, it was a gesture of sort of the impartation of sins onto the scapegoat at Yom Kippur. Mm. So Yom Kippur is the Jewish day of atonement. It's this like most sacred day of the year in Judaism in the sense that it's like a day of complete fasting. Mm-hmm. Um, and that this would be a whole whole other podcast, but like that part of it is to say like, you know, Lord, we have sinned, we repent from those. And then there's this whole right of like, taking the sins of the people and sort of putting them upon this goat, which is then sent out into the wilderness. And it's, that's where we get the term scapegoat from. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like when you look sort of at the history of the liturgy, that gesture in the Roman canon uh, was associated more with that kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. like Christ is the unblemished lamb of God, right. Who takes upon, takes upon himself our sins right um the scapegoat (laughs) yeah um so it's it's also got that meaning historically so we we always think of it as epicletic and i think that is really important and really beautiful um but there's also this other sort of forgotten thing now too yeah um so you have that uh as kind of a preparation for the consecration you've called now upon the power of the holy spirit Mm -hmm. and now the priest begins to uh get more solemn and deliberate in mm. his movements. Right. Um, and he starts to say the things more exactly. Like the whole the whole mass is infused with scripture, but now he starts reciting like the institution narrative. Yep. Uh, what Jesus said on Holy Thursday, mm. as, as we have it recounted in the Gospels and in St. Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the night before he was betrayed, he took bread and giving thanks like broke the bread and gave it to his disciples saying, take this all of you and eat of it. This for this is my body, which will be given up for you. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we say the same thing with the wine uh, over the wine for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant. Mm -hmm. Right? So um, in saying those, and then after after that, we say the words, do this in memory of me, which mm-hmm. was Jesus's command to us, which is why we do this. Right. So um, there's another fun Greek word here called anamnesis, which is just a kind of fancy word for remembering. Mm-hmm. But when you, when you read about the liturgy and about what happens there, they'll call this an anamnetic moment or a moment of anamnesis, of remembering. It's not just us remembering what happened, but it's actually remembering in such a way that Christ acts in that moment to make his passion and the fruits of his resurrection like present. He brings the mystery of his paschal sacrifice 
into the present moment for us there. Mm-hmm. It's like we're transported back to Calvary. Right. Um, and in doing so, he makes himself also present uh, in the Eucharistic species. We call it species for some reason, but it just means the, the bread and the wine. Yeah. That they are transformed substantially into the body and blood, soul and divinity of Jesus Christ. Um, so like that is the most solemn moment of the liturgy. Um, and then from there, after that, just since we're sort of yeah. moving through, um, for there, there are a series of different prayers for different groups in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, we pray for the church as a whole. We pray for the leaders of the church. We right. pray for Pope Francis. We pray for our bishop. bishop. Yeah. Um, now, do you have to say, I'm going to derail us one quick thing, and you can, you can make it really short. Do you have to say the bishop by name? Or can you say Bishop da- Bishop of Dallas? If you're like visiting, yeah, you're supposed to look up his name and say it. Got it. If you don't know it, it doesn't invalidate the mass. Um, cool, that's but, good. I so, just wanted to toss that out. Yeah, so I'm thinking right now that like we should we should make sort of a Eucharistic prayer part two episode. Oh my god. Uh, oh, like in the future, or like next yeah, time? Yeah, like next time. <laughs> Uh, so like the mass part seven. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Subcategory Eucharistic because, prayer two. Because, yeah, I just don't think I can get there in time. Um, <laughs> so you lied to our listeners. Yeah, exactly. You're like, don't worry, we're going to get through the Eucharistic prayer. No, not And a by that I mean. I'm already, gonna... I'm already off that train. Um, <laughs> because because like there is there is more to be said about this most solemn moment of the consecration. So like, right. like there are little movements that I'll do anyway. And I think people notice them sometimes. Like I always wipe my fingers before I touch the host Mm -hmm. because like this is the moment when that host is transformed from bread um, into the body, into the person of Jesus Christ. Right. Um, Like he becomes sacramentally present there, Mm -hmm. uh, the real presence. And so I don't want anything on my fingers for it, right, exactly. um, which makes sense. That's also part of the reason that we wash our hands ritually way back at the lavabo yeah. uh, from last episode or whenever it was. Um, and um, and then like we, we elevate those uh, uh, species then species. Right? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the right word for it. So we elevate those and then afterwards um we do something called the memorial acclamation, um, which there are different responses to. We got a question about it one time um, for the prodigal priest and me. Um, but yeah, that's just, that's sort of like a, a ritual way of recognizing like what has just happened. We, we proclaim the mystery of faith. This is right. the mystery of the faith. And then we sing Right. Or say in response, the mystery of the faith that we're beholding <clears throat> right. before us. Well, wow. yeah, just got frog. Voice. And even right now during Lent, and we can wrap it up with the memorial acclamation, yeah. and we'll pick up next time. But right now during Lent, we hear, "Save us, Savior of the world, for by your cross and resurrection you have set us free." Right. Um, instead of sometimes normally, like you said, we proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again mm-hmm. or in glory. Yeah. Um, and there's another one. When we yeah. eat this bread and drink this cup. We proclaim we your proclaim death, O Lord, your, yeah. until you come in glory. Something like that. <laughs> There's a lot of glories. Yeah, a I, lot of I never use that one. I don't, um, yeah, I don't. I just 
sing yeah. what I I say what I say, you know? Yeah. This is the way. This is <laughs> We need that as a drop. We need this yeah, is we do. the way. I have spoken. <laughs> so All right. All right. That was enough. We lied to you. We yeah, didn't get we through. Didn't even get also close. somebody after mass was like, Hey, I've been listening, you know, Father Mike Schmitz. He does about the mass in like five segments. I was like, yeah, well, he talks quick, okay? He does talk a lot. He talks really quick, and we're being thorough, and we have the Bible guy with us. Yeah, like and I've brought in the Bible a couple times. I mean, like come today, on, people. Yeah, today. I mean the Hebrew. Kadosh, kadosh, kadosh. Hold that up to the camera. This is the Hebrew, like the Bible in Hebrew. I don't even know if it's real or not. So, on behalf of uh, Father Paul, Joey Scantelli, we want to say, take care. God bless.